Well, welcome to the KLE podcast and the Kingdom Leadership Equipping Facebook group. Really good to have you with me again. Let's pull this mic a little closer here. Um, this is Sunday, 1st of September. Welcome to the 1st of September 2019. Um, the year is nearly done. Well, so they say 23 weeks or something to Christmas. Wow. <laughs> Where is this year gone? Uh, we sometimes in in our concept of leadership, we we begin to lose track of how fast things actually move and how many changes are happening around us. We must make the best of every day. We're talking today about, I don't want to take too much time, but we're talking about um, insight into God's kingdom. I'm taking this from a scripture from Matthew 13 um, from the Message Bible. I had uh, Wednesday. Listen, Wednesday, if you're going to be around, hallelujah, Isaac, great to have you with me, man. Um, if you are around on Wednesday, please pick up the KLE podcast. There will be a post here in the group. Um, I just interviewed a very good young uh, friend of mine and a brother that I've known for a number of years. And uh, I waved goodbye to him today as he left for, uh, well, he's saying his goodbyes because he is starting a whole new life as he takes um, and the, the leadership initiative. <laughs> it's not with great fanfare. You know, that's the thing is the leadership is not great fanfare. Leadership sometimes is just you discovering the purpose. You have a conviction, you find passion, you get inspired and you want to go and You've got to do something. You cannot rest until you've done it. And uh, he, in, in 2012, was arrested by God in Egypt to go to Sudan and uh, begin mission work there. He has a real passion. You've got a, a really great interview. I spent, it was about a 45-minute interview that I did with him last night, which I'll be posting and broadcasting on Wednesday in the KLE podcast group with Sean Smith. And uh, it was an interview. He's doing most of the talking. And it's just really, really great to hear. Such maturity, such wisdom, such passion, such conviction. And I waved him goodbye today on his as he left, he drove all the way from Canada down here to come into Pennsylvania, which is a six, seven, eight hour drive. And he came to say goodbye to me and uh, spend yesterday and last night. And we just spoke and we had fellowship together and we prayed this morning. And um, I'm feeling a little bit emotional about it because um, I love it when young guys find the conviction and him and I spent time together three years ago and I helped him just work through some of the thinking and, and some of the just discover some of the discovery behind what's what's taking place now. And uh, I wave him goodbye to to fulfill his mission and his assignment in life, his purpose in life, to see his destiny begin to unfold. I'm thrilled and at the same time, I'm sad to say goodbye, you know. So um, it's it's a it's such a blessing to do that. It's such a blessing to do that. So anyway, <laughs> wow, um, Rhonda, great to have you with me. Hank, so good to have you back with me, buddy. I appreciate you. So today we're looking at insight into God's kingdom. That's just so don't miss Wednesday. Wednesday's 
podcast on an interview with a young man from Canada going to South Sudan and you it's not your usual message I promise you it's not your usual mission message you've got to get on that and listen to my interview with David Fundenbrook uh, really a blessing um, really a blessing all right so we're talking about that's just my moment and <laughs> um, we're talking about insight into God's kingdom today insight into God's kingdom Matthew 13 really brought out something for me and I just want to highlight a few things that I don't want to take too long but I wanted to highlight a few things for this Sunday message on in the kingdom leadership equipping it's about equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset leadership is anybody that finds and discovers the passion of God, the conviction of God, the assignment of God for their life. That's what leadership is about. So doing it with a kingdom perspective. All right. So in Matthew 13, I'm reading specifically from the Message Bible because it just really brings it out conversationally, really brings out a good, uh, you know, sort of clarity discussionally or conversationally that I really enjoy. But it says at that time, verse 1, at that same time, Jesus left the house and sat on the beach and in no time at all, a crowd gathered around the shoreline, forcing him to get into a boat. Using the boat as a pulpit, he addressed his congregation telling stories. So he begins the story and he says to them, uh, he tells them about the sower sows the seed. A farmer planted seed and he says, in verse 9, are you listening to this really listening? Are you really, really listening? And now as he unfolds, and of course, Jesus didn't speak in chapter and verse, you understand. The conversation is being narrated and, and so the, the, he hasn't changed topic in between everything. It's like he's, he's, on, he's focused on something and what is it that he's focused on? So the disciples, verse 10, come to him and say, why do you tell stories? And so Jesus replies and he says, you've been given insight. Listen, I love this. You've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. Not everybody has this gift, this insight. It hasn't been given to them. Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and understandings flow freely. But if there's no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. That's why I tell stories, to create readiness, to nudge the people towards receptive insight. It doesn't mean you can't get it. You can get it. In their present state, Jesus said, they can stare until doomsday and not see it. Listen till they blew in the face and not get it. I don't want Isaiah's forecast repeated all over again. Your ears are open, but you don't hear a thing. Your eyes are awake, but you don't see a thing. The people are blockheads. <laughs> he puts it straight. <laughs> they stick their fingers in their ears so they won't have to listen. They screw their eyes shut. They won't have, they, so they won't have to look. They won't have to deal with me face to face and let me heal them or restore them. But you have God-blessed eyes, eyes that see and God-blessed ears, ears that hear. A lot of people 
Prophets and humble believers among them would have given anything to see what you are seeing, to hear what you are hearing, but never had the chance. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said about John the Baptist, he said, up until now, until John the Baptist, the prophets and the law has been. But, but now comes John the Baptist. And he said, he, John the Baptist greater than all of them. But he said, the least in the kingdom is greater than him. Listen to this, the least significant in God's kingdom as a citizen of God's kingdom, because now we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness, out of the rule and the reign, the dominion of darkness. And we've been translated, placed in, given citizenship, the rights, the privileges, the, the, the position in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the son of his love, the kingdom of light. We, we've preached that all the years. We've heard that all the years. I, maybe, maybe you haven't, but I, I, I've heard this and preached this for 40 years, thinking, and, no, and, and you know, we heard that the kingdom is here, but the kingdom is there, and it's just like, what, what, what? You know, we've got the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, no clue of having an insight into the king and his kingdom because we never understood kingdoms. We never understood kings, monarchies, and how the kingdom works. We saw that as, you know, the monarchy, the royalty, as something that was in England and a couple of other places where they still got kings and queens, you know. But relevant to us? No, we are democracy. We are a republic. No, we're not. No, we're not. God's family is not in a democracy and it's not in a, a republic. God's People, you and I, the church, we are citizens of the kingdom. We've been given that right and that privilege now. Jesus said, seek first. He didn't say seek first the church or seek first uh, a religious institution. He didn't even say seek first me. He said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. In other words, right positioning. And that's why Jesus had to die to, to restore us to right positioning with the Father. And that we could, in fact, qualify. He's made us qualified <laughs> to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. That is all kingdom talk. Go and read the Bible again and you see the thrones, the, 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 how God has set up things throughout the word of God that speaks about his kingdom. He rules forever and ever. He, he, his throne is an everlasting throne. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. He rules with righteousness <laughs> and right and, and justice. Glory to God. I mean, we're talking kingdom talk here. And Jesus is now presenting this and he says to his disciples, listen, you guys, because because they were listening. They had a heart to receive. They didn't have, they weren't clouded religiously. To the religious leaders, he just said, you're a bunch of blind guides, man. You, you blind leaders, blind people, because the people couldn't see it. And the blind leaders that were supposed to lead them into it. I, I had, I popped up this, this um, also a quote from, from the Message Bible from Isaiah. And he says this in, I think it's verse Chapter 9 of Isaiah says, Those who were supposed to lead this people led them down blind alleys, and those who followed the leaders ended up lost and confused. Wow. I mean, that is that is scary. It's like, where, where were the leaders supposed to go? So Jesus goes to business people, 
unreligiousized, if there's a word like that, hey Tonya, um, good to have you with me. He goes to unreligiousized business, skilled business people. The business, the industry of the day was fishing. But not only that, he picked up a political activist, a political, uh, you know, that's what Judas Iscariot was, was a political activist. He actually thought Jesus was going to re overthrow the Roman government. So he was he was hoping to get this thing activated for, for Jesus to set up his throne and overthrow the Roman government. And then you had a, a zealot. There was another Judas. <laughs> uh, it's like all the Judases. But the Judas, this other Judas was... A, a zealot. He he was a rebel. He was like this this uh, he he was an activist of sorts and but an agitator. Another word says another translation or the description of him said he was an agitator. He was like and Jesus has all these like you know in 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 in, in South Africa we talk about hoipoloys. You know <laughs> he had all these like dudes that nobody paid attention to and the uh, the other guys were like non significant people. They they didn't even. They didn't even register on the map, you know, but Jesus finds them and he begins and he says to them, he says, you guys have a receptive heart. That's why you have got insight into the things of the kingdom. You can see it. Now, there's a bunch of other people like the centurion tomorrow. I'm going to talk a bit more about that faith uh, aspect that we spoke about Monday. I'm going to talk about that tomorrow uh, because it's powerful. It's powerful. Tomorrow's Labor Day here in America. And um, boom, boom, boom. So it's a holiday, but I'm working. So I'm going to be doing that that uh, podcast, uh, that live broadcast and podcast tomorrow. On uh, we spoke about uh, faith, the key to the kingdom. And uh, but there's another aspect to it that I want you to see that'll just highlight and bring that out. So anyway, we'll talk. Maybe, maybe, maybe something else. But maybe that. Okay, we'll see what happens. All right. So. Um, in verse 18 and 19, Jesus goes on to say, study the story of the farmer planting the seed. When anyone hears, listen to this, the news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface. And I think that's what happens to many in the church. We're powerless, we're impotent, we are paralyzed, we are defeated. You know, we, 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 we sing, I've got the victory, we go home and... and Nothing's changed, you know, nothing changes year after year. And, and we are looking for the next hired man, the, the great be, be, next more spiritual celebrity than the other celebrity or the next best meeting. But we never live in the, the privileges or the power or the authority of our citizenship. Of our place at the father's table as sons of the kingdom, we, ne we never, never, never take the place. And I said, I'm. Listen, I'm not sitting here some guru having it all together. I'm, I'm in the process of saying, you know what? Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The word there is change your thinking. I'm in a repent mode right now. I'm changing my thinking because I, I realized that I, did, I emphasized the wrong things and didn't focus on the right things. And suddenly I have to focus on the right things. So... Jesus goes on to say, he said, when anyone hears the news or the, the NIV says the word of the kingdom, the word of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface. And so the evil one comes along and plucks it right out of that person's heart. That's what I've, I've seen that. I talk to people about kingdom and they go, 
you know. And, and today, you will find kingdom, the kingdom of God, the word kingdom being used, tagged to a whole lot of stuff that's got nothing to do with the rule of God. That's got nothing to do with the order of his kingdom. That's got nothing to do with the understanding of the king and his kingdom and how we relate in that kingdom. How we're supposed to represent the kingdom of heaven on the earth by bringing the kingdom of God here. It just doesn't happen. It's tagged to a lot of things, but it's not, there's no understanding. There's no comprehension to that. So verse 20 to 21, he says, the seed cast in the gravel. This is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm, but there's no soil of character. And so when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there's nothing to show for it. Listen, I've sat with people. I sat with one young guy uh, a number of years ago, a good 10 or so years ago. And he came and sat with me and he said, what do you think about this message? And it, it, like this kingdom message, what do you think about it? And I looked at him and I said, you are fourth generation of actually getting this. I said, you know, not to be... You know, I'm not to be anything fancy, but I was one of, like one of the first to embrace this coming to South Africa. And unfortunately, the person that brought it <laughs> had super insight, but had no character as a leader. And if it didn't conform to him, he would destroy it. He ended up destroying everything in my life and ministry, everything. I lost everything overnight, I lost everything. And, and I really, I wanted the kingdom message. I wanted to understand. I wanted, I, I wanted the order of God. I, I wanted the apostolic foundations in my life. I wanted to understand these things. I wanted to walk in it. I wanted to do it right. And so I was doing what he was showing me and what he was showing me was all wrong. And so I failed in that sense. And then when I did, when I began to step back and say, it's not right, he destroyed everything in my life. Anyway, that's besides the point. So this young guy is going, what do you think? What do you think? And I said, let, let me tell you something. It's going to cost, it cost me everything to embrace the beginning, the insight into the kingdom of God. It cost me everything. It, co- it cost me my, my life, my purpose, the ministry, my friends. It cost me family. It cost a lot. But here I am today, and it's settled in my heart. I know that the message, the word of the kingdom is God's word established. The gospel of the kingdom, as Jesus preached, is established. And so it's not dependent on any man anymore. It's not dependent on any, any organization or institution. It's not dependent on that. I have seen it for myself, and now I've got to walk it out. And uh, he's... He like looked at me and oh, why are we so excited? Are we so excited. His test came a few years later when the man that he was looking to suddenly wasn't around anymore. And that man withdrew from, I, I, I don't know what happened, but he withdrew from everything. And this young man lost all sense of clarity and understanding of the kingdom. I don't think it's gone. I think the seed is there, but... He with with enthusiasm it took it, but there was no there was no depth to it. And so when the emotions wear off and difficulty, trials, tests arrive, when you test it in your relationships, you test it in in the the, the the pressure, when religion begins to put the pressure and the persecution on you, 
and, and they want you to conform, then you've got to know what you believe. What is your conviction? Are you prepared to die for it? Are you prepared to lose things for it? And, but unfortunately, there's so many that have got nothing to show for it at that point in time. They fall off. They throw the baby out with the bathwater. They, they reject everything they've learned and known and seen. The verse 22 says, Hey, Lorraine, I just see you popped up. Thank you for, for hopping onto the video with me. Verse 22, the seed cast in the, in the weeds is the person who hears the, the kingdom news, but weeds of worry and illusions about getting more and wanting everything under the sun strangle what was heard and nothing comes of it. They think it's gain. They, it is gain, but not the gain they think of. They think that... Um, uh, you know, that, that getting stuff, the, the, their desires for other things, their, their lust for other things, their, 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 their desire to accumulate things, for to have, a, to have ambition. <laughs> Kingdom doesn't take a place for ambition. Their desire for positions and titles, if I'm talking to leaders, to be on the, on the, on the pinnacle of the hierarchy, to be the senior pastor. Oh, my word. Better not use that word. To be the senior, you know, um, overall, everything. I'm the boss. I'm the CEO. To, to have this ambition of I'm going to preach the gospel because I can get money because, I, you know, or, or whatever it is, whatever it is. I'm using those terms because a lot of people understand that kind of stuff. But it may you may have your own ambition, whatever it is. And it says the worry and illusions about getting more, wanting everything under the sun, strangle the the message of the kingdom. And that's why kingdom leadership equipping is about getting a new mindset, a new perspective on how to be a leader, how to live in this world. Because we do not live by the economy, the economic system of this world. We do not live by the political system of this world. We're living by a new system called the kingdom of God. It's where the king rules. He, he owns everything but he provides everything. And we are kings and priests under his rule and his reign, his dominion. Wow. Go to Psalm 103 and read what kind of king he is and say, what are you reflecting? What am I reflecting? How are we towards people? Because it's easy to set yourself up on a throne very easily, even Pentecostally, charismatically, you know, religiously. You can set yourself up on thrones, but the kingdom is totally different. The kingdom has the sober-mindedness about it. The seed, verse 23, cast on good earth is the person who hears and takes in the, 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 the message, the word, and then produces a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. That's transformation. That's impact. That's when the kingdom of God, you bring in the influence of the kingdom of heaven by, by bringing the kingdom of God to earth, by the power of the Holy Spirit through, through the, the, the method, the, 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 um, the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God's given you. And, and now you begin to influence the world around you and you produce a harvest beyond your wildest dreams. I'm telling you the kingdom of God. Is, is the power of the kingdom of God, the authority of the kingdom of God is beyond anything in your wildest dreams. You've done the church thing. Listen, you've done the Christian thing. Now do it as a son of the kingdom, as a citizen of the kingdom of God and see what a difference it makes, what an impact you can make, what a, what a change, what a revolution, what a transformation you can bring into your world as you begin to live the kingdom of God by the power of the Spirit within you. Because it's not meat and drink, but it's, it's the power of the Holy Ghost in righteousness, peace, and joy. 
<laughs> and those who serve Christ in this way, please God and have favor with man. You want favor with men? That's the way to do it. Glory to God. Go back a few episodes on this. All right. So, uh, man, I get excited about this kingdom stuff. I'm telling you. So he told them in verse 24, another story. And he said, God's kingdom is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. That night while his hired men were asleep, his enemy sowed thistles all through the wheat and slipped away before dawn. So, so they, ask him, they asked him later on, what does that mean? And he goes on, I'm not going to read the whole story. You can go read it for yourself. And he said, um, uh, oh, no, he, he goes on and he gives another story. And he says in verse 31, um, God's kingdom is like a pine nut, a pine nut, pine nut, not a pine nut, <laughs> a pine, pine, like a pine tree nut that a farmer plants. It's quite a small, smaller seeds go, but in the course of years, it grows into a huge pine tree and eagles build nests in it. Another story, he said, God's kingdom is like yeast that a woman works into the dough for dozens of loaves of barley bread and waits while the dough rises. All Jesus did that day was tell stories, a long storytelling afternoon. His storytelling fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. I'm not going to go through all of that. But then he dismisses the congregation, verse 36, and went into the house and his disciples came in and said, explain to us that story of the thistles in the field. And so he explains to them, he says, the farmer who sows the pure seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The pure seeds are subjects of the kingdom. Listen to this. The seeds that are sown are the subjects of the kingdom. They're not church ministers. <laughs> They're not church members. They are the pure seeds. The pure seeds are the subjects of the kingdom. Another translation says they are sons of the kingdom. God's subjects are not slaves, you understand. They're not oppressed, beaten down held in bondage, manipulated, controlled people. The subjects of God's kingdom, we are told, are kings and priests. They're royalty. They're a royal nation, a royal priesthood. God's called out ones. God's called out ones, not man's. God's called out ones. God's subjects are not slaves. They're administrators. They're servants of the Most High, slaves to God, but servants to the earth, to the world around them, to the community, to the culture, because they serve that culture with the culture of the kingdom of God. We need to have clarity on this, because as leaders, if we can't get our own way, we tend to oppress people. But we've got to release people to be subjects of the kingdom, because that's who God sows, subjects of the kingdom. Does this offend you? I hope not. So he says, and the thistles are subjects of the devil and the enemy who sows them is the devil. His, his subjects are ruled, tyrannized, controlled, tortured. The devil is not a nice king. Well, he's not a king. He's a prince. He thinks he's a king, but he's the prince of the power of the air, the prince of darkness. He has authority, but it's authority we have given him or we allow him. 
He doesn't really have authority. His authority was taken away. Jesus said, all authority is mine in heaven and earth. Matthew 28. Go you, therefore, he says there, you go in the authority and the power of my kingship. I delegate it to you as kings and priests of my kingdom. You go with the power. But we don't take that authority. We want the power, but we've got the power. But we don't take the authority. We don't work, walk in our authority to have dominion, not over people, but over circumstances, over cultures, over, over things around us, over situations. We don't, we don't walk in our authority. And therefore, the devil uses that authority. When we're passive, he can exercise and manipulate using the power of his deceptive authority. Jesus says, God's kingdom in verse 44 is like a treasure. Listen to this. Hidden in a field for years and then accidentally is found by a trespasser. <laughs> so somebody that shouldn't even be there. The finder is ecstatic, but what a find. He proceeds to sell everything he owns to raise money and buy that field. Or, verse 45, God's kingdom is like a jewel merchant on the hunt for excellent pearls, finding one that is flawless. He immediately sells everything and buys it. It's going to cost you. To find your purpose in the kingdom of God. It's a sacrifice. The young man, I said, young man I said goodbye to today. He's making the sacrifice, but willingly. I looked into his eyes and I see such destiny. Not, nobody's, there's no big fanfare waving him goodbye. There's not big followership you know, on Instagram and, and, and on Facebook even for that matter. Just a young man that has found... His destiny and it's costing him. The kingdom of God is going to cost you. It's going to cost you in that translation from darkness to the kingdom of light. It's going to cost you to make a stand to preach the gospel of the kingdom because you're preaching rule of God. You're preaching Christ as king. And I'm telling you, the principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places do not like that rulership. They don't care about church. I promise you. Go, and, and they care about you, the church, but they don't care about your church meetings. They don't care about your, your you know, band and, and your sound system. They don't care. Honestly, don't care. You can prophesy as much as you like. We don't care. But when you begin to walk in the power and the authority of the king of kings, then we know that you are discovering and you are dangerous to us. You become a threat to religion, the spirits of religion around you, when you begin to walk in the authority and the power of the kingdom. You see, because when you begin to walk in the authority and the power of the kingdom, seeking first the kingdom of God means you have to leave a lot of things behind. You have to leave your worries, your anxieties behind. <laughs> you have to leave your desire for other things behind, your lusts. You have to leave behind those things. You have to leave them behind. And you have to seek first in priority, the first in order, the kingdom of God. Which means... You've got to prioritize kingdom in your life first. 
which means it, it doesn't allow you to do things that others do. Just because others are doing it doesn't mean you can do it anymore. When you gain insight into the things of the kingdom, it begins to discipline you. It begins to, it begins to give standards and boundaries to your life. You know, as a citizen of a, of a nation, you cannot violate the laws of that nation because you get thrown in jail and you lose your right to laws. Okay, today it's a little different. You know, the, the prisoners even have rights. They've, they've violated society. They've violated the culture. They've violated their, their privilege as citizens of a nation. And yet they have the privilege of rights. They can protest. They can vote. They can, you know... To say what they want and what they don't want. Incarceration means that you've lost your right because you've been dysfunctional. You are a dysfunction. And if you do not change your ways, then you are, in fact, unacceptable to the culture of the day. You've got to abide by the constitution of the day. We have a constitution the Constitution is this book, this Bible. Herein is stated the precepts and the statutes. I'm not by law. The law is written in our hearts now. We live, live it by the Spirit of God. But God has written it so that no man can say, I did not know. The, the best Bibles or the best, the best culture they, of, they can read is you. And so we've, we've got to understand is there's a price to pay for that. We, we, we can have to lay some things down. There's some relationships that are influencing us that we can't abide with. We can, we can still, we're not rejecting them, but we can't hang out with them. And I'm... Nearly reluctant to say that because we tend to be this monastery-minded kind of people in the church. Hey, Lisa, good to have you with me. We have this monastery-mindedness, that, which means we cannot, we, we, we do not, you know, interact and engage the world around us, the culture, the society around us. And, and then what happens is we, we, we have this aloofness, the spiritual, well, I don't want to be affected by it. Jesus could meet with with the tax collectors and the sinners, so much that the religious people freaked out. What is your master doing? They said to the disciples, how can he be hanging out with these people? And they loved Jesus because he sat there. He knew exactly who he is. He knew what he was about. He knew what he was rep- representing. He knew his authority. He knew his power. He knew who he was. He had no problem hanging out with them. I'm just saying that some of the things, some of the things that you run with might have to go because... It's just not helping you conform to the kingdom standards. And so we've got to come into this place and have insight into God's kingdom. That's what Jesus said. He said, you guys have been given the the insight and the ability, the gift to see what the kingdom is about. And he he said to them, you've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. Not everybody has this gift, this insight. It hasn't been given to them. Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and understandings flow freely. But if there's no readiness, if there's if there's any trace, if there's no trace of receptivity, oh, sorry, 
If there's no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. And I, you know, right now, I think my biggest thing is to stir you up to, to have that readiness. Not, not that you're not in the kingdom, not that you are not a citizen, not that you don't have understanding, but that you really, really begin to shift that mindset, shift that paradigm to understand is that I'm not a member of a church. <laughs> you are the church. Just that is like a huge, and that's gone around too, but yet people still think like that. See it in their behavior, see it in action, but when you understand, is I'm not, I am the church, but I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of God dwells in me. The influence of the heaven, of, of, of the kingdom of heaven, of God's government in that place called heaven is now inside of me. Your will be done. Your, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? That's what we've got to bring to the earth. That's you and I. And, but it takes a shift for us to understand what our authority is. What, what the power is behind that. What is our position on position what what rights and privileges does that come with but really I, I've seen how when people need to pay the price to actually walk out the insight that they have they're not prepared to sell all they have to buy the field with the pearl of great price they're not prepared to to give up everything to get that treasure that that place where that treasure is because you can find it but are you prepared to really embrace it? Are you really prepared to enter it? Jesus, remember when Jesus said, he said, up until now, the law and the prophets, uh, until John. And he said, but John is the greatest of all. And there's no greater than John. And he said, but the least in the kingdom of God is greater than him. The least. <laughs> Where are you? You know, I, that's why I don't, I don't worry about acknowledgement. I don't worry about, you know, people's opinion. I, I don't worry about acclamation or approval. I'm not, I'm not looking for people to uh, applaud or allaud me. I, I just, I'm not interested in that. It just doesn't, it doesn't turn anything on anymore. You know? I have no ambition for that because I'm saying, if I'm least in the kingdom, I'm even greater than John the Baptist. Glory to God. What a place, man. What a place. Jesus went on to say, he said, so many wish they could have seen what you see. He said, you have bled God-blessed eyes, eyes that see, and God-blessed ears, ears that hear. A lot of people, prophets and humble believers among them, would have given anything, would have given anything, would have given anything to see what you are seeing and to hear what you are hearing, but never had the chance. And here you have the privilege of walking in the word of the kingdom. Go to Matthew chapter 13. Please spend time this week meditating on it. Tomorrow, um, I'll be sharing another aspect of faith and maybe some other stuff. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what tomorrow is. Tomorrow is Mentoring Monday, so we'll get there. Hey, I've gone over time, but I appreciate you hanging with me. Thank you for visiting with me. I, I pray that you'll be just stirred up with this and, and just see the principles of it. I'm not trying to give you a you know, synopsis and, and, a, and a total breakdown of everything. And I'm not sitting here, some guru with total understanding. I'm searching these things out myself. But as I'm searching them out, I'm coming and bringing them to you and saying, we've got to rethink our position. We've got to rethink our place, rethink our paradigm. Jesus said to Peter, he said, you're not mindful of the things of God. You're mindful of the things of men. You want to please man, not God. 
because he was talking to him about the kingdom of God. When you understand kingdom, the, the king's domain, that's what kingdom is. The king's rule, reign and dominion. When we understand that God is the king of the universe and he's made earth and he's given us this right to, to expand as his family, as kings and priests, to expand his kingdom on the earth. You know, it changes everything. It changes how you relate to God, how you how you relate to the community around you, how you relate to bringing the culture of the kingdom of God into this place instead of some of the stuff that we're doing. Really think about this. I, I, I pray that you'll be stirred up and find these insights. That's really um, what I want to share with you. Thank you, Tanya. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, thank you for, for being here today. So next week, I'll be back at 12 um, on this uh, on the live. It's also on the KLE podcast. You can download it from there and listen to it on the way to work, on in the car, whatever. You can share it, get it out, let people start hearing some of the stuff. As I say, this is not the answer to everything, but I just want to stir up your heart. I want to instigate a receptivity in you so that you can see more and embrace more, be more, do more, and live more of the kingdom of God. Mostly, not just do more, but live more of the kingdom of God through you. And with you all right so that's what i wanted to share with you thank you for being with me today and you that are popping on later thank you for all the all the um, comments and the likes and the shares i appreciate it tremendously until next time this is sean saying from sean and michelle from our from my lovely wife michelle we're saying we love you and appreciate you god bless you